0: Hey guys, this is January. This is Bars. And you are listening or watching to Femmes at Large, Femininity, and Whatever You Want to Talk About. So here, we're basically just trying to make sense of the world and uh, bring it to how it relates to femininity in a non-toxic, non-patriarchal way, and just celebrating femininity where we can, and just trying to like have fun, because it's really hard out here in life. So that's where we're at. <laughs> But yeah, uh, Marge, how you doing today, friend? What's
1: going on with you? You know, everything, unfortunately, is going on. I feel all... It's it's always... Everything is always happening all at once. But especially right now, in this climate that we're in, um, it's been very heavy. So I have needed this, for sure. Yeah. How about you?
0: No, me too. Like, it's been, like, a crazy week of just, like trying to take breaks from social media and everything going on but also like staying intact but then also like dealing with real life stuff mm-hmm. so just taking space where i can but i'm so thankful for the space we're in that we get to just talk about stuff and have a good time so i'm super yes. excited uh okay so we're gonna start off with the media segment so mars mm-hmm. what we got for today what you want to talk about what's going on
1: okay um, maybe you can cut this out if you want but when we were last working on this we had kind of touched on the Christian and Blueface yeah. I don't know if you've been getting any of that I'm, media. I'm not
0: as like I'm literally like kind of caught up I know that Blueface posted his kid a, like a picture that was like whatever and I just kind of after that I just stopped listening but you, you catch yeah. me up what have, I, what have I missed
1: so again this is everything that I know is against my will but for what I can share as of today, they're no longer together so I'm quite happy for her I'm very happy for her she's doing her best Uh, to my knowledge, she has custody of the baby he's now moved on to his new baby mother and they had got into it, you know, they weren't together for like 25, maybe 26 hours, then they got back together he treats her like a dog but then he's still blowing up Krishan's phone. There's this interview of Krishan and Jason Lee, the messiest man on earth. Messy. And Messy. she's like, she recorded a phone call because he called her and the girlfriend, the new girlfriend is like screaming at him because he called her. Anyway, I just wanted to touch her. I'm just very proud of her and I'm happy for her. And that picture of her holding that baby in the Walmart was crazy. But in that interview with Jason Lee, she touched on how, you know, she has to be very vulnerable right now, like, as a new mom, like, there's no guidebook, there's no rule book on, like, how to parent, and she's, like, young, and she's trying her best, and she literally was, like, very raw and real and was, like, instead of recording me in that moment, you could have, like, helped me, you could have, like, you know, been a sister and been like, hey, you need to support his neck, you know, and instead everybody wants to make a mockery of her, which, like, that is the price you pay by deciding to be in reality television but at the same time she's still a human being and I have a lot of empathy for that girl and I just she did, had a rough go at it and so I'm rooting for her and I just wanted to talk about her a little bit. Now, I'm rooting for her. Yeah,
0: I'm rooting for she's her She's gonna too. do okay. Yeah, it just sounds as like As long as she
1: stays away from that man.
0: Yeah, it sounds like a toxic situation. It sounds like um, you know I'm just happy that she's finding some sort of security and you mm-hmm. know like it just sucks so she has to like essentially grow up or learn in front of everybody, but hopefully there's enough of, like, good community out there that could be like, hey, like, maybe you should try this. So, you know, she's in her prayers, I guess. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. She's
1: definitely... I I She has some praying grandmothers, for sure. She has some prayer warriors that are on her team because yeah. when she was with that man... But anyway, on to the next girl that I'm praying for. Every day, Chloe. There's rumors. There's people saying... That she might be with child.
0: Oh wait, you mean Hallie?
1: Yes. <laughs> Hallie. Yeah. I pray for Chloe too. But Hallie, yes. There's rumors oh, yeah. with that man that she she may and again, he's not the worst choice. Yeah. You know? He seems to have his own money, nowhere near their money. Cause yeah. their money is much longer. Yeah. But he's just I just there's always, like, the most beautiful, talented woman you've ever seen, and then a man. Like, yeah. <laughs> I just want better for our girls, you
0: know? Yeah. <laughs> I just I, I uh... I, feel I want like, to be trapped. Yeah, it just seems like a trapping situation. I mean, granted, what? like, money-wise, I think that, like, he has it. Like, I don't think he doesn't have it, but, like... Just the energy. It just seemed kind of weird. Because then it was like, I had heard that maybe he was trying to, like, do a prank and, like, have her pregnant. But even then, it's like, why would you ruin the career? Because, like, you know it's hard for women with babies to, like, be taken seriously in their career. So, it just seemed kind of strange. It's like that guy that you kind of date as a black woman where it's just, like, you got to learn from it. And I don't want her to learn a lesson harder than she I actually. don't want her
1: to have to. Yeah. yeah I really don't.
0: But I guess we got to be good parents, you know, and just be like, you know, you got to learn on your own and like, we'll still be here regardless. So,
1: right. Yeah, I'm very much, you know, you like it. I love it, girl. As long as he's not, you know what I'm saying? knocking you around, you know, being verbally abusive. He is one of those types of guys that like, he definitely pokes fun to humble her. Yes. You know what I'm saying? But he's also like a YouTuber in the era of pranks. So he is just annoying. That could be it, too. I might be, like, over yeah. um, psychoanalyzing him. But, yeah, again, I just want better for our girls. But here's one of the last things that I wanted to touch on. You, as an Atlantean, I am in Orlando, for those that don't know. Um, Keith Lee, coming through Orlando. Or No, coming through Atlanta. What was that like for you?
0: So, have <laughs> thoughts. Because,
1: uh-huh.
0: so I've been vegan for the past four years. So, thankfully, I, right, have, right, right. I have to deal with a lot of these restaurants. Um, exactly. Before... You've taken me
1: to some great places.
0: Exactly. But before I became vegan, I had experienced some of these places or like even like brunch spots. Right. So one time I went to a brunch spot for my friend's birthday and we were like, yeah, let's go. And we got like maybe like a couple pictures of mimosas. We each got like mm-hmm. our own meal and maybe a hookah. I don't know. Oh, we like did that. Right. And so they're like, OK, like, let's split it. Let's split it. We're like, yeah, sure. Like I'm making money, whatever. Split it why was it like 120 per person?
1: You're lying to me.
0: Mind you, the service was slow. And they were nice. And I danced. I had a good time. You vibing whatever. Right,
1: of course. Yeah, But there's a DJ. I was
0: like, I'm sitting there looking at the itemized. I was like, I don't know about this. I don't know about this. And so, like, Every time someone says something about Atlanta and Keith Lee, I think of that moment because I remember thinking, I know I shouldn't have paid this much and you got to pay for parking because down, down in Atlanta, you get booted just for looking wrong. And it's it's just like, I was just like, this isn't even worth it. And I got really upset. And then, you know, they looking at you like, oh, can you not afford it? I can afford it, but it's just not right because it wasn't worth my little impossible burger and two or three mimosas. Two
1: or three at that. You
0: know what I'm saying? So I just felt very slighted. And so I can understand why Keith Lee was just confused because it don't make sense. But Atlanta's not real life. I think people gotta understand, culturally, like, it's like black celebrity, and that's weird in itself, because black celebrity is weird, like, you want some standards, you know, you're pretentious to a degree, not everybody, but some, and, like, you're gonna have reservations canceled, you're gonna be waiting an hour to two hours for no apparent reason for food, that's just okay, um, just, but to have a black space where you're dancing and having a good time and, like, enjoying Mm -hmm. food, so, I mean, it's it's a lot. I think that, like, I don't think he understood the culture he was in because Atlanta culture is weird. But I also think that we do need better customer service. We do need better food. And most of the spots he went to, I probably wouldn't go to. I'd probably go to other spots surrounding Atlanta and not so much mm-hmm. in it. And, um, but like, even like, I just went to New York and I got to try all this good vegan food and stuff. And it it made me realize like culinary experience in Atlanta is just, it needs to be better. If you're going to be, be like fine dining or like it's worth all this money, then you need to come with the customer service and the experience. No,
1: it better be, if I'm paying, what did you say? A hundred something at one brunch? For one morning, y'all maybe there for two, for, maybe three is, hours. This is
0: between five people now. All five of us were paying at least
1: $120. they are robbing people blind. Robin. It better be warm towels, like, after I eat. Like, there needs to be, like, white linen. No. I don't know. I just feel like we've lost the plot in Atlanta, and people are just so consumed by the celebrity because there are so many concentrated in that area. But like you said, like, New York City, there are many famous people concentrated in that area, depending on where you... go, Like, you would... It would have to be a very, like, high-end place for them to be like, no, we're gonna sit them before everyone else. Like, otherwise, they don't care who you are. Like, you would have to have such a status to be able to pull something like that yeah. to where you can skip a two-hour wait or an hour wait. And there were a lot of people that had a lot to say about Keith Lee about what like one of my favorite TikToks was them saying like he was going hungry for like the first two days because he couldn't eat nowhere because they wanted to like give him this express you know Mm. uh, fast pass line just because he has however many million followers and the reason why people like Keith Lee is because he is a normal person because he's just like he's gonna give it to you straight he has no reason to lie to you nobody's paying him like TikTok pays him but they pay him because we watch him like you know what i'm saying so they've really lost the plot and i wish i feel like there was a point in time where atlanta was probably a really big foodie city which because i remember when you first moved out like you were like you know what i'm saying out all these places yeah. and they're so consumed now with the, the status sad. of saying oh this person was here today and putting it on the instagram story rather than like the lines and lines of people because every everybody my money is just as green as everybody exactly. else's you know what i'm saying like my card swipes the same way. It may not be an amex, but you I can just, afford to, to eat here. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't come out of my way if I couldn't afford to eat here. Yeah. So I just find that insane. Friend. Did you see what Cinco had to say about him? And how quickly he folded when When Keith was when
0: Keith can't for cause also too, like if you don't know something, don't speak on it. Like not folding, okay, you know, like if there's a general like idea of okay, this makes sense, but like I was like, bro, why you coming at him like you really don't know or whatever. And I'm glad that Keith like stood up, stood up for himself eloquently. You know, just like just coming with the facts. So I'm like, bro, like you really don't know this. What's going on? And have you really eaten in Atlanta? Because him and his cheap behind, that man don't like paying for nothing. If he came to, the, like, came to these restaurants.
1: Really? Because
0: he... like he was uh on the same show with the dude. I forgot his name or whatever. On that same show. Shannon Shark. Shannon Shark. He was ragging on him for buying a $10,000 Pomeranian. So, I'm pretty oh, sure... Oh, he don't pay for nothing. He don't like it. So, I'm like, okay, if you were a regular person and you went into mm-hmm. a restaurant, they didn't, re- or if he went in and they didn't recognize him because there's younger people working.
1: Right. How they would wouldn't you, know who an Ocho Cinco is.
0: How would you feel if you didn't get... See- like, that's messed up. Like, I don't care how you slice it. Like, if you're going to do a celebrity status thing, have a certain space or a lot of time and planning, but my thing is is like Atlanta restaurants don't really pay their workers. Okay. Like they're trying to skip all the stuff off the top. So it's like it's not a good experience. You know what I'm saying cuz you're too busy trying to cut corners instead yeah. of making like if you're going to do that, at least make like either pay your workers more or make the experience better and put the money in it. You're going to get more money think, out of it.
1: They think they can slap a grass wall up against the you know, <laughs> know what I'm saying and the then suddenly we get to charge 25% gratuity before I've even eaten anything.
0: No, literally.
1: Literally. That, that and then it's not like it's going to the servers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I really doubt that all these fees yeah. and everything that they charge in Yeah, but back to, I have one comment to make about Ochocinco. It was the way he, like, villainized him so heavily. And it's because he doesn't know. And he's just commenting on, like, the headlines. He probably hasn't watched a single video of Keith's until Keith responded to him. Mm -hmm. But he was acting like he was going through these places, like Kitchen Nightmares, Gordon Ramsay, going in the kitchen, showing all their disgusting, you know, molding food. Like, he was just like... I couldn't even sit down to eat. Exactly. And that was my genuine, real experience that I had. And that's going to probably most likely be the genuine experience that you have yeah. as a regular customer because I sent my family. I did not go in. Because mm-hmm. he knew. He knew that they would have, like, you know, rolled out a red carpet for him. That's not what he wants. Yeah. He thrives. In fact, he proved further proved his point by being like, I don't know who Keith Lee is, blah, blah, blah. That's the point. He wants it that oh, way. He wants to live as a But that's how Atlanta person. is, though,
0: too. That, that's a, Yeah. It was a mess, but yeah, thank you for reminding me of that. Cause yes, I had thoughts, and like trying out vegan food in New York was literally like one of the most mind blowing experiences. Like having vegan hospitality chains, like mm-hmm. and they all are like good service. I'm like I can't even imagine what it's like for regular people who eat like don't aren't vegan, like what that experience is like. So I'm like mm-hmm. seeing that, and then coming back here, and I'm paying thirty like extra dollars for food that's just okay. It bothered me. I was like, I'm not doing and it. it no more. I'm not doing and it, it sure. no more. Exactly. So yeah.
1: But yeah, that was, that was the current events I wanted to touch on. Just a couple things that was happening this week.
0: Love so. it. I appreciate you, friend. You really got us centered and ready for the day. So thank you. <laughs> um, okay, so on to the topic today. Uh, it's going to be uh, femininity and America's next top model. We're going to go into how Tyra Banks changed the globe with yeah. bringing more diversity and inclusion. But at what cost? Did it really off. did it really affect change and who was really affected at the end of the day? Mm-hmm. So we're gonna go into that. So Mars, what's your experience with AMTM? When did you first start? Like mm-hmm. how did it come to be that you started watching America's Next Top Model?
1: I would definitely say I probably started in like the first or second season for sure. Like I was watching very early on, I was very young. Um outside of it, like Before I can even talk about like the psych, like the mental toll and like how it affected me internally, I mean, just as a lover of pop culture, I had to like it. Was there's so many, it's like Housewives, like Housewives of Atlanta. There's so many like culturally significant like points in that show that I cannot, you know, just push aside. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, definitely being young and seeing the one plus-size representation be someone that at the time was maybe a size 14 is so insane. Like, there was psychic damage happening at the ripe age of 8 or 10 years old. Like, (laughs) the way they were tearing those women to shreds (laughs) over a even the suggestion of a role. Mm. Even the slight appearance of cellulite. Like... It was insane. So I would definitely say culturally significant, like I love pop culture and I love Y2K, anything Y two K in the two thousands. But the body image and the like the critique of women's bodies that at the time were zeros and double zeros.
0: Mm.
1: How would you say your experience was? Probably pretty similar.
0: Yeah, to a degree, like, so I started around, like, 10, and I remember, Mm -hmm. I just solely remember watching the finale of Eva and Yaya at the bottom, at the top two of, like, who's gonna get picked, and I remember it was just such a big deal, because we didn't see that a lot, like, it was always either one, like, pick me, or, like, it was never, like, two black women could possibly be the best models in America, so that's where I started, Mm -hmm. and I was just like, whoa, what the fuck is this, I gotta, like, figure out, you know, what's going on. And <clears throat> it's crazy because I think it really, like, conceptualized, like, to be black and feminine, what that should look like, and more so for me, and and I think it, like, put boundaries on, okay, what does that look like, how are you supposed to be, it's already tougher for you, so it's gonna, like, you need to, like, focus on these things, and I think it hindered me in that way of, like, you know, how to be, because, like, I felt like they would take different types of black women and like characterize you as that one thing. And you couldn't really get out that box. You couldn't be like gender nonconforming or fluid. And I know it was different times. Different I, time, yeah. It, it was different times. But for me, I think that's kind of where it was a lot where it was just like, okay, no, like this is how it's supposed to be. You have to be 10 times better. You're going to get ridiculed more and that's okay. Like it's just, it was a lot. So mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I think for me, it was just crazy to see black women being in this type of spotlight and actually yes. getting opportunities. But again, what we're going to say, at what cost?
1: At what cost?
0: At cost. So yes, yes, yes. we're, we're going to start off with Tyra herself. Um, you know, she was born December 4th, 1973. A sad, take that as you will, okay. whatever that means to you. Uh, she was born in Inglewood, California. Uh, her, parents okay, well, Ryan, her parents were divorced. Right. Her parents were divorced, but she said it was okay because that meant double the love. Um, she experienced bullying growing up. She was called like the ugly duckling. Um, like her height was an issue, her forehead was an issue, and her Mm -hmm. skinniness was an issue. Mm -hmm. Um, but also from like some sources, they said that um, she ended up becoming a bully, kinda in her later teenage years. And I, I, you know, I don't have like succinct sources saying that. So this could be just somebody from her old hood saying she was mean, but. I do see trends of bullying that we saw in America's Next Time Model, particularly towards women of color or black women. So, mm-hmm. I thought that was an interesting, thorough um, uh, thorough line of like, okay, like, were you a bully? Has your trauma in the past affected you? And why mm-hmm. do you come so hard for black women? So, there's that. Um, There's also the beef between her and other supermodel Naomi Campbell. Um, mm-hmm. You know, also like, we do know that there was media that influenced that because you know they always pit black women against each other but then you kind of wonder like huh like was there some stuff from her trauma that came into that piece that affected American next time model later so just right. some just some thoughts and background on the creator um so how did ANTM come to be she uh, Tower banks. Uh, wanted to push for diversity inclusion in the modeling world she felt that there wasn't enough of it which there wasn't it was very white and so her and ken mock came to cbs with the idea um, and from there history was made the show started in 2003 uh, and it started off with 10 contestants and from there it ended up being 24 cycles and all
1: Wow, um, which
0: is crazy to think about. Um, I don't know what's what cycle did you stop watching? I think I stopped like at fourteen. I want to
1: feel like like ten or something like that. Like it it wasn't that. F- I'm twenty four.
0: That's know. a lot. I didn't even realize it because I know I didn't watch it when there was men and women on it.
1: No, I had seen clips, but I never like sat down to watch that at the time because it it also like stopped being A and T M because there were different like countries as well. Oh on the show from the clips that i had seen again yeah. i'm just this is just from what, what my memory um i can remember but yeah definitely like into the tens maybe yeah. i watched that far okay. the 2010s yeah
0: yeah that sounded about right um yeah it was pretty much the same for me because after a while I just started to kind of get like eh, it wasn't that great but in right. its heyday it was like conversation started. <laughs> it, it, everybody was like, yo, like, did you watch? Like, it, it was a movement. So one yeah. of the biggest questions is, was Top Model helpful or harmful in its interpretation mm. of femininity in mainstream media during that time? Mm. Um, so, like, at that time, I feel like from what I could remember of mainstream media, it was still very, like, gendered, still very, like, this is how women should, women should act. You know, we had like Britney Spears at the top of her, you know, in her prime. Um, I think Janet Jackson Super Bowl, was that, that happened around that time? Was it
1: 2003? 2003,
0: 2004. That sounds like. That sounds
1: about right. Yeah. yeah like it was that.
0: just like. I think really good examples are of like how femininity was demonized and how, it was like okay, this is how you should act as a woman. You shouldn't be showing any parts of your body that we don't want to see or that a man doesn't want to see. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you need to be skinny. You need to be dainty. You need to be this. And I think Tyra came in, and she kind of broke that up, especially in the modeling yeah. world. She was just like, no, like I'm going to get someone that's a little bit bigger than their standard model. I'm going to get someone who's trans. I'm going to get someone who, you know. And like for me, Seeing a black trans woman on TV—that was the only like experience I had with seeing trans women on TV. Besides, like maybe Oprah and like bringing people on, but like even that was toxic too. Like the way she
1: kind of brought it—that's <sighs> a, that's a whole other story. Don't get me started on Oprah. Don't get me started on Miss Winfrey. <laughs> that was Y'all going to like me. <laughs> I'm gonna like what I have to say.
0: Yeah. Nah, nah.
1: <laughs> What you gotta say,
0: friend? Nah.
1: <laughs> we'll save that for another.
0: Episode. For another episode, nah, like
1: it I was. To say.
0: It was a lot, but to mm-hmm. to be fair to Tyra, she Absolutely. she exposed us to different types of people and stories that we never would have come in contact with, but at what cost? Because it just felt like. The stories were sensationalized or a little razzle dazzle was added mm-hmm. because we're in that period of reality TV becoming what it is now yes um, I think like we still were like transitioning because it was like right before like the, the 2008 writer strike so like or no yeah so like basically it was like you had reality trying to figure out who their audience was and how to keep yes. the audience and in mm-hmm. that Tyra was making these girls go through some of the worst challenges I think we've ever seen to this day. That were probably like really like scary and like uh, illegal, life flick. threatening. There had to, there should have been something against them.
1: There were no. It was really a lawless land reality television at that time. Like looking back, I'm like, how did this? get Greenland. Yeah. But huh? there was just, it was a whole new world and, you know, all these <laughs> rules and regulations hadn't been put into place yet. But, no, she was quite literally in some cases risking their lives. Um you know they were threatened with like injuries depending on the challenges like they could really have injured like there were challenges where they were wearing insanely like ridiculously high heels that you would like most likely never wear in a fashion show but it's like if you're a model you're gonna have (laughs) you know what i'm saying you're gonna have to walk on stilts and these girls don't know how to walk on stilts and they were looking like bambi are breaking their ankles like they were like quite serious implications uh to their health, no,
0: literally, and
1: that's just the price you pay if you want to be a Paris next top model.
0: <laughs> like whole time models are like, yeah, we don't have to do that. Like we just show none of up, that. They
1: barely like. There's not even emphasis on walking anymore. Mm-hmm. To, like have you seen a fashion show recently? Yeah. Kendall Jenner is a, considered a supermodel. <sighs>
0: that's a whole other
1: story. Uh...
0: <laughs> literally.
1: <laughs> Don't get me
0: started. Literally, cause it's just kinda like it's just kinda <laughs> crazy though, cause it was just like I remember I think when I think it was Carrie D where she had almost got hypothermia one time in the pool. Yes. And that I, was crazy. It was crazy. And it was like, oh yeah, you fought through it. Like this isn't football. We don't need It's to, not like,
1: Survivor. <laughs> you
0: know what I'm saying? You know, like it's modeling bro you literally it's for one photo and i was just like it's just is it worth putting these girls through this and like them having trauma like there's probably women that have to recount that like damn i really went through all that and y'all weren't really paying me and we barely got fed like it was so many researching this it was so many examples of just like um violations, just to, like, humanity of, like, you're not giving them food, you're not giving them water, for real, you're holding Mm -hmm. them so they're not getting bathroom breaks. Like, you're putting them through all this stuff, like, I think parts of them really should, like, get investigated for this stuff, but I guess because it's so long ago that people are just like, yeah, like, it happened, you know, we're sorry. but It was a different
1: time, yeah, we might be out of the statute of limitations on certain things, um, but I 100% agree. It was, it was a lawless land and, anything anything for tv went at that time like their their lives their health was never put into question but i don't know if this is like a part of the notes but there was like a huge thing about one of the models i can't remember which season but they had assumed that she was like not eating or like anorexic yes see that
0: was i think that was eva's season
1: Is it? Yeah, it feels like it was. It was. It was. There was a whole thing, like, I guess one of the girls had, like, snitched on her and saying that, like, you know, she has been eating and blah, 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 and, like, Tyra had to, like, corner her and sit her down. So it's like, you care to a certain extent. Like, you want them to, like, have an insane diet regimen. Mm. They're not making any money, so they can't buy their own food, so I don't know how they're supposed to be, like, getting all of this healthy food when they're marooned in a hotel for six to eight weeks. Or nine weeks. Um, you know, they're held to these insane body standards. So, like, you better not gain a pound, but also you better make sure you eat. But also, I'm not going to give you any money to make sure that you can get appropriate food. Like, it was just fascinating it's to insane. me.
0: It actually was super hypocritical. Yeah. And it was just like, especially with that scenario, I feel like Tyra used that to look like the good guy and might like, be like, oh, yeah, like, I'm helping these women and i'm just like are you like you're actually probably inducing more stress and for sure. to like go back into not eating or throwing up or whatever so yeah that was a weird episode because i watched that and i was just like the way she came at her was really like aggressive it was like yeah oh, like you need to do this or that i'm like man like let's have some empathy but there was different times then like it was pretty crazy so yeah yeah it was pretty rough basically that was trash (laughs) but also like (laughs) on top of just the treatment of all the women on the show i want to really focus on the treatment of black women and women of color on the show for sure because there definitely was a difference um you know and it just is like through a lot of the interviews that i've watched a lot of like the biggest moments that happened were with women of color like uh that one interview i think i sent you with abc news Mm -hmm. where they like talked about all the egregious things that happened like all the women they talked to the top five moments were all black women like yes, tiffany they talked about yaya um Mm -hmm. you know it just was just like dang like why did she do this like Mm -hmm. it just it just was like really crazy. did you notice that at all when you were watching
1: absolutely i wouldn't say at the time because you know being younger you don't really understand colorism or um you know the dynamics that darker skinned people versus lighter skinned people face let alone even in the modeling industry but looking back like yaya and tiffany are definitely two hmm. big ones that stick out to me yaya being that Not only was she black and she was of darker skin tone, but she was so proudly Mm -hmm. pro black, pro Africa, pro, like, you know, expressing the beauty of African women. And she was constantly put down or saying that she's typecasting herself with the whole Africa thing (laughs) or saying that, like, she's doing too much. Like, it was constantly, she was constantly told, like, to tone it down. Mm. And then, of course, with Tiffany. Um, you know, her whole we were rooting for you. Like, obviously, I know that like line by yeah. line, it's an iconic moment in pop culture history. But looking back, like, she would have never acted that way if there was a white contestant that decided that they didn't care and they were just gonna leave. Like, yeah. I'm sure to a certain degree because she does have quite an ego of herself, especially at that point in the game. Like, she was the queen mother, you know, like in like RuPaul's Drag Race terms. Like, she was RuPaul, like. Mm-hmm. You know, she walked into the room and it's, oh, Tyra, Tyra, you know. So I'm sure to a certain degree she would have said something, but I don't think she would have tried to, like, mother her the way she, like, tried to mother Tiffany and, or, like, like, humble her in that moment because she decided, you know what, like, I just don't care anymore. Like, I'm just going to go home. And that wasn't good enough for Tyra. That was not good enough. She wanted her crying. She wanted, you know I mean, what I'm saying? Because yeah. I guess that's also not good TV. But it was- I definitely remember
0: Yeah, it was, like, I remember, like, seeing that and being torn as a younger kid because it reminded me of, like, how my mother has come at me and, like, how other black women can come at you sometimes. And then going through it now, interviews, I'm, like, first I was, like, Tyra, why are you like this? But then I was, like, she reminds me of a lot of Gen Xers and elders who are black women who are just really punitive or, like, you know, they, like, think that making you go through all this shit is what you need to do because they went through it and it's like oh this is the rite of passage when really you just want someone to suffer in the ways that you did instead of Absolutely. just making it better for future generations and being like huh like maybe we don't have to go through this but then also like I think there's just like maybe like comfort in trauma <laughs> you know like I'm like no like this is what Absolutely. I went through it. and that's just normal like why can't they get over yes. it like why and I'm like friend why don't you acknowledge that what happened to you wasn't right so why are we doing it to other people and, like, this happens with a lot of, I think, people that in, like, the workspace or, like, elders. But, like, I see it a lot with some black women where you're, you're coming in, like, oh, yeah, black woman, I'm excited. And they just, like...
1: And they do you worse than the...
0: They're hell. They're, like, yeah. really, like, mean. And you're just, like, it yeah. hurts ten times more because you're, like, why are you doing this? Like, like let's right. say if you're Tiffany, you, like, I idolized Tyra. I thought she was great. Of like, course. you know, everybody around me think you great. And then you cussing me out on national television because... Yeah you were insecure like
1: Mm -hmm. yeah because she wasn't upset like Mm -mm. you know you should be upset like that hearing that like i've definitely heard that before in my life like if you just decide that I, i just don't care no that's your problem that's why is like that for you because you don't care you should care you should be upset what am I gonna do beat myself up forever girl
0: literally we
1: gotta move on event like it happened I didn't win you know I'm gonna say goodbye to my friends and go but she decided no this is a teachable moment I have to you know because I care about you
0: Mm. girl
1: did she reach out to that lady once after that show
0: she actually think? she actually did so she did. my research. I got to see an interview with Tiffany um with uh, Oliver Twix on YouTube. He like uh, mm-hmm. interviews all the A&T and models and talked to her about it, and they did keep in contact, but it was really wow. sus, because it was kind of like before it aired they were keeping in contact, and so, so I was like, yeah mm. like you know back and forth, calls calling the grandma, all that. But then when it aired, it was silent for a minute. And yeah. And so, you know, it just like especially when everybody was kind of more on Tyra's side and like it was like dogpiling on Tiffany. So there was that. Absolutely. But then Tyra would use Tiffany to come back on the talk show and talk about it. And like her show. Yeah. And and so it kind of felt like she was using Tiffany to a degree, which wasn't fair and like it just was really sus and another insight i got was like you know how that i don't know if you remember that episode her and that other white woman were on the bottom too and they both went home yes that white woman was supposed to already be going home had went to production was like hey i had something happen i don't know family something or whatever was already going home was like i can't do this i gotta go home so wow. not only was the girl doing the same thing or the white girl doing the same thing, but you didn't berate her like you did Tiffany and you no. knew that. So it just was kind of like, dang, like, it's like when you grow up and you realize the truth of things and it, it actually makes it 10 times worse. Cause it's like, you really yes. were just like going in on this girl because how dare she have confidence? How dare she not be like groveling and begging for this opportunity that I gave her. Right. And I, and I think her being black just triggered Tyra. I don't know. It just. Absolutely. It just sucks. No, it so, felt very
1: much like you young black girl, me as a black woman, I paved the way, I did all of this for you. And then you squander this opportunity and you're not even like apologetic. You're not even you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it definitely was all of that and also her ego. Like yeah. she wanted her to care so bad. For because sure. it's her show.
0: That thing it made me sick. I was like listen to that interview, I was like, mm-hmm. This is sick. Um but yeah, so um that happened uh with black women in general and like you know black trans women and just other queer people too uh it just Mm -hmm. wasn't it wasn't right i know like times were different but at the same time it's just kind of like why would you do that you know what i'm saying like you have an opportunity to create real change but if you already feel like you're doing a lot of change i guess she didn't think she needed to do more you know what i'm saying of course yeah there was that so tyra like I think overall she tried her best and she really wanted to create change but are you really positively changing mainstream media's idea on femininity if you're constantly antagonizing one of the most oppressed groups in the world? Mm -hmm. So you know being black is hard, being a black woman is hard, being a black trans woman is hard but somehow she was able to Treat all groups (laughs) under that subset like trash, and target them in a weird way, and like like, just not be the advocate that we needed her to be. You know what I'm saying? Um, And I feel like after watching everything, um, I feel that she just like didn't have the proper tools to do that. Yeah. And I think she was trying to carry on too much. Like it's like she was trying to be like the MLK of like modeling, the
1: modeling industry.
0: And it's just like, you can't be because you're not educating yourself properly, and you're like, being really mean to the groups that need the most help, and that's
1: always going to be a red flag for me, so, yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, if you remember in those episodes, like, the panel, they, everyone was pretty nasty. Yeah. I would say, Miss J, you know, from time to time had some, some comments, but- most constructive, cur- constructive criticism mm-hmm. was coming from Miss J. Um, as also, like, one of my first representations of, like, a queer black person as well. Like, at least yeah. some of it I can think back fondly. When you think about, like, Janice Dickinson or, like, that one dude that would take the pictures, the photographer, the bald man. Nigel. Name, Nigel. They were actively, like, calling women whales. Like... <laughs> And, yeah, and then also, like you said, you know, she had a platform, and what she chose to do with that platform when it came to other black representation, mm-hmm. it she she could have done so much more, but like you said, she just wasn't educated, and also that wasn't the climate or the time period for people to be educated on yeah. things like colorism or on things like anti-black like language. Like, they were just... They felt that they were just being... Harsh. They thought that yeah. they were being, like, Gordon Ramsay. But, like, in reality, you were quite literally being racist. <laughs> <laughs> quite, quite clearly racist.
0: Yeah. No, it really was. Um, and I just, like, it just bothered me. Because it just was, like, here was an opportunity to really create, like, really cool change. But I think sometimes, especially in the black community, we're okay with, like, change that's substantial enough to, like, keep us making more but not really to, like, make a sacrifice or anything, because I think no. if, she, if she had really, like, tried to be the change that we needed her to be, she wouldn't have maybe gotten as much acclaim as she would have liked, and I think, no. she, she, yeah, she, like, used like, the way she bullied people in order to get to where she's at now, to where she is, like, just chilling, like, with her family living a great life, and, and I'm not, like, trying to vilify it for her too much because you know like being black it's just in a woman it's hard but at the same time yeah. it's like we were rooting for you we were all rooting for we you were rooting for you, Tyler. and what you let you us you down work? in the like final seconds and so it's just you know like it was right there you were close but it just you missed the mark and you know i'm hoping that like she's reflective and it seems like she kind of is like Hmm. I'm hoping that she's reflective and she's just like you know what like I could have been better um and like really does that work we're not gonna know that she probably never gonna tell us for real but we can always only hope um that that's happening
1: but uh but yeah final thoughts Mars what are your final thoughts on everything final thoughts ANTM you know some of the best media is always a little bit toxic I will say So, you know, I can commend her on the way she was able to build her empire as a black woman, Um, but as a conventionally attractive, light-skinned black woman, that praise only goes so far, because like we've already said, you know, when it came to our own community and how they were represented and how they were critiqued, it was always much harsher Mm -hmm. than... The white counterparts on that show so unfortunately that will remain a stain in her legacy yeah um and she'll have to reckon with that however she decides to i know that in the later seasons she definitely you know gains a bit more awareness as to how certain groups should be represented But you have a catalog of, unfortunately, incredibly poor decisions, like, just outside of colorism and anti-blackness, just, again, it was that, like, trial-by-fire mentality Mm. that women of her generation have, where there were so many young girls that really needed a mentor, and instead they 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 got got a bully, like you said, they got got someone that was just going to tear them down and assume that that was going to build them back up when in reality there are so many broken women now Mm -hmm. that had to grow up that never had no aspirations to even want to be associated with the modeling industry because of their experience on that show Mm -hmm. so you know it's 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 definitely like a catch-22 it's like i love it for the comedic aspects of it even though it's not it was. It's not funny because it's yeah. obviously at their expense. But it's just so. It was so wild and zany and like unrealistic that you have to laugh. Looking back on it, like, how can you be a model if you're not gonna roll around in this dirt with snakes? Like, you, I, you look at the fear in your eyes. Like, you, yes, of course she's scared because she's drowning, Nigel. Yeah. Like, yeah. So you know, I definitely. I I hope she's taken the the necessary, I haven't checked in with Tyra in God knows how long, but you know, I can only hope that as every year a new generation is exposed to ANTM and they're like, oh my god, this is crazy and it blows up on TikTok or whatever the next platform that is popular I hope she learns Mm -hmm. a little bit more and clears that conscience
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Like, while she definitely brought a lot of diversity and inclusion to a degree to the modeling world, because it really was like super white, especially after like the supermodel 90s era, I think there was like a whitewashing that happened. And I think she was able to bring diversity in that time. Yes. But because of, like, the psychological trauma, the physical trauma she caused, yeah. mental, emotional, and especially towards, like, the most marginalized and oppressed people that were part of those contestants, like, mm-hmm. it just, two, two things can be true. And I think I think she, like, like we said, she missed the mark. And she really had the ability to make really, really cool, effective change. And she yes. traded that in for, like, sensationalism. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, forward movement in her career, because I think she always just wanted that talk show. To be honest, like I think that was oh, it. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I think that was it. Because looking back at it, like she loved it, even though she wasn't the best at it, and it just mm-hmm. like it just it's really sad. And I feel like whenever you're targeting like oppressed and the most oppressed marginalized people, like you didn't hit your goal. You didn't do what you were supposed to do. You just did enough to like help you out. Um, and that makes me sad. Um. But, uh, but, yeah, that was Femininity and uh, America's Next Time Model. Uh, this has been, like, really great. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, you can find us uh, on Instagram, TikTok, um, and, uh, well, should we do a Twitter? Yeah, we'll do a Twitter page, maybe. But uh, maybe. you can find us on all the streaming platforms, uh, YouTube. And all your podcasting platforms, um, basically just Femmes at Large, LRG. And yeah, Mars, any closing thoughts? Anything else to look forward to? Anything?
1: Um, keep on rocking in the free world, free Palestine, till it's yes. backwards. Yes,
0: absolutely. Uh, free Palestine. And yeah, everybody just try to find peace where they can. Um, you know, love over everything, but also love through accountability because people need to be called
1: out. Always. It's never too late.
0: (laughs) Never too late. So we appreciate y'all. Hope to see you soon. Please like, share, subscribe, listen, rate, all that good stuff. And yeah, we'll see you guys soon. Bye.